Well, amen. Let's look in uh, Luke chapter 21. Luke 21. I want to share a message entitled, Your Redemption Draweth Nigh. Out of uh, Luke chapter 21, we want to begin reading in verse 20 and read down to verse 28. It's my desire for the next several weeks. Uh, we have some guest speakers coming, missionaries and things like that, but I'm working on prophecy messages. I'm going to be doing several uh, messages on prophecy. I don't know how many. Just keep doing it until I get tired of it. Amen. <laughs> so Bible prophecy. Uh, Luke chapter 21 and verse 20 says, when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains and then let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter thereinto. For these be days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are with child, and to them that gave suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people. And they shall uh, fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for the, your redemption draweth nigh. Let's pray. <clears throat> God, thank you so much for allowing us to be able to gather together in the church. And Lord, be able to uh, uh, sing songs of praise to our God and be able to pray. Uh, certainly, Lord, be able to study the word of God. I pray our time together today will be profitable. Uh, may the Holy Spirit be our teacher as we go through the scriptures. Uh, may we uh, have an understanding of the times in which we live. And Lord, may we uh, be assured of the fact that the promises of God are sure that Jesus is coming again. And so, Lord, that puts a great responsibility on us to tell others about Christ. And, Lord, multitudes of people will be lost and have to spend eternity in hell if they don't come to know Christ as their Savior. And so, Lord, help us to learn from prophecy uh, to be able to redeem the time that is set before us. And help us, Lord, to rejoice in the goodness of our God to save us, secure us, and use us, Lord, in a mighty way. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 28 is our text verse. says, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. When these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. The things concerning Bible prophecy are... Um, uh, already been happening and taking place in the world in which we live. 
Uh, you take and you look around you and look at the trends in society and in the world, uh, and you see Bible prophecy uh, unfolding itself and as it, if it were a great stage is being set in this world, and it's all going to be uh, fulfilled when Jesus Christ comes again and deals with the rebellion and wickedness of man. The unsaved seems to be more and more aggressively running away from God. They don't want to hear anything about God. Uh, they despise any opportunity that you try to share with them who Christ is. I had someone call yesterday upset because we knocked on their door and they have a do not knock thing on their door. The reality is, folks, just to make you understand this, the do not knock registry is not for churches. And churches are exempt from that, so we're not breaking any laws when we knock on doors. However, we do want to respect people, and uh, I always advise people, Christian Law Association advises us not to knock on a do-not-knock door. You might win the court case, but you're going to spend a lot of money in doing so. So uh, they suggest that you do that. But at any rate, this one person called me and was very upset because you know, we knocked on their door. I told him, I said, well, you know, we just came by today to tell you about the love of Christ. And they said this to me. They said, that's not love. That is disrespect and hate. <laughs> I'm thinking just, I said, just because I, we come over and want to meet you and want to talk to you about the love of God uh, is disrespectful and hateful. But that's a spirit among the unsaved. The spirit among the unsaved is, unsaved is that if you try to share with them the good news, the gospel, they get offended by that. Uh, they get aggressive about that. And uh, listen, it's not going to get any easier or any better in the witnessing process as you see Bible prophecy unfolding in front of us. The sad thing is just as drastic as it is the unsaved aggressively running away from God, it seems like the Christian is quietly hiding from God. And uh, you look, I was talking with someone this morning, and I said, if, if we had everybody in church that has come to this church in the last 24 years, people that we have led to Christ, people who have been baptized in that baptistry, we'd have to have five services to hold everybody in. We'd be bringing over a thousand people. And I see where they're at on Sundays on Facebook. They're not, they're not ashamed of it. They post it all over what they're doing on Sunday. And I, think, I wonder in my heart, what is wrong with you? Is God that little and that demeaning in your life that you can't give him one day to worship him? And so as the unsaved are getting aggressive against believers and aggressively running away from God, Christians are quietly just cowering in the corner and every type of immoral conduct is coming out of the closet as the Christians recede into the closet. And you say, well, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. It's Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Yet the coming of Jesus Christ is pressing on all of mankind that we need to get right with God because we don't have much time left. And uh, in verse 28, it says... That, uh, well, I'm sorry, not so verse 28, it's actually verse uh, 26. says, men's heart failing them for fear. In this type of a world that we live in, you realize how fearful people are in the world today? How fearful people are 
in America. I think uh, when I look at, uh, at this generation and I look at what's going on and I just think things people are scared to death of, I never thought of when I was a kid. Uh, you know, I, I just thought of um, the, the suicide rate in the United States. They said this, that the suicide rate in the United States has increased 30% since 2000. And it's all because of fear in people's hearts. The alarming statistic, and I said this a few weeks ago, but in New Jersey, the number two means of death among those ages 15 to 24 is suicide. Now, there's something wrong with society when we have that amount of people that are fearing and dissatisfied with life that they feel that it's better to, to end their life, grit with fear. Uh, we have college uh, campuses where they have to provide safe zones for the students. Give me a break. Uh, we have this whole concept, you know, I, I see within, among our Christian schools, see kids coming in and different ones are just gripped with fear. They're, they're worrying about everything. They're fearing for everything. And there, there has been a failure somewhere in society and certainly in the home to where our children are gripped with fear. I was talking to Joanne about this the other day and I was like, well, why wouldn't they be afraid? All, all they are taught is fear. You know, uh, I, just a little thing about buckling up your seatbelt. You know, the amazing thing to me, I rode in the back of pickups <laughs> and on the back of trucks, riding up and down the road, and I'm, I'm still, I survived. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. We never had seatbelts. Uh, we never had air conditioning in the cars back then. I brought a 69 Chevelle, and I disconnected the air conditioning because I wanted more power for racing. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs air conditioning? But we live in a society that we have just instilled in our children. We've instilled in society that you have to be afraid of everything. Uh, you know, I thought about baby seats. I understand babies shouldn't be bouncing all over the place. And all of that in the car, and I think you ought to secure your babies. But it's an amazing thing to me to make one baby seat, and it's okay for a few years, and then somebody else has to make more money. So they say that baby seat's no good, and you got to come up with another one. And now you got to be six foot three, 250 pounds, <laughs> before you're allowed to sit in the back seat, buckled up everywhere, all by yourself. And we said, we don't understand what's wrong with my kids. I don't understand what's wrong with society, why they're so afraid of everything. They're taught guns are evil. I haven't seen an evil gun yet in my life. I thought about interviewing some guns, asking them how bad, how, what kind of spirit do they have. Taught guns are bad. Uh, they're constantly bombarded with terrorist concepts they're, they were taught that the world was cooling down and we were going to go into an ice age. And then they started being taught that we're warming up. We're going to boil over the ocean one day. And talk about killing babies, but it's okay to kill a baby. That one fellow, what's his name? Mayor Pete, somebody, is supposed to be running for, as a Republican, claims he's a Christian and says that the Bible says it's okay to abort babies. He says it's okay to be a homosexual. He's apparently supposedly an open homosexual, what I understand. It's okay to kill babies, but you got to save the animals. You know, we got to come up with vegetable burgers 
because we don't want to kill the animals. Well, I'm going to tell you, I want a good juicy red meat on my plate, amen? I don't want something that's artificially flavored to make me think I'm making beef. Uh, our children are taught that the police officer is only there to hurt them. Our police officers aren't there to hurt anybody. They're there to protect. They're the, uh, there to control and make sure we have a safe environment. Our military is not designed to oppress us and to be fearful of them, but yet our children are all afraid of these things. Riots break out, and you name it. Y'all could stand up here for hours and just go through the whole list, a whole resume of things that instill fear into our children. And Jesus said that men's hearts failing them for fear. And we don't need to be overcome with fear because we are Christians and what we see going in the world points us towards heaven and reminds us that Jesus Christ is coming again. So I see some things just here, evidences of our redemption drawing nigh. I see of global distress. In verse 25, he says, There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And so that's of a global distress that we see going on. I don't believe in this global warming and all this, but I do believe that God's doing something in the environment. I believe that God is doing something to get our attention. God had warned, Jesus Christ had warned, that during the end days prior to the coming of Christ, that there would be changes in the sun and the moon and the stars. There would be distresses on the earth. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7, it says, And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. So the whole earth is groaning. The reality is what you see going on and what scientists are trying to figure out is basically this. What's going on in our environment and what's going on in our environment is the earth is getting ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse 22 says, for we know that the whole earth, I'm sorry, we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together unto now. And yes, the world is groaning because there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The former things are going to pass away. Jesus promised that. He gave forewarning of that. And so, yes, you're going to be seeing all kinds of diverse uh, situations, whether it be famines or pestilence, whether it be uh, volcanoes or earthquakes, or whether it be uh, great storms uh, that devastate uh, places, as just recently in the Bahamas and all this, that, and yes, the storms are getting worse. I like this one, though, uh, uh, weatherman had posted this, and there's a little picture I have up here. He said this, anyone want a, a tropical storm? They're forming like roaches out there. Amen. <laughs> I read that. And you can see on the picture, there's six tropical storms forming right now. You say, how can that be? I'll tell you how it can be. Because the whole earth is groaning. It's twisting and it's turning because it's getting close to the return of Jesus Christ. And the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more activity you're going to see. So there's, the earth is groaning. There's also financial insecurity. He says here that upon, and upon the earth, distress of nations. 
And so it's more than just physical uh, groanings and physical stresses that are going on, but there's also going to be the physical and financial aspect of being insecure in who we are as uh, people in the world. And so uh, here's a good quote I found in reference to this. World leaders continue to use extreme measures to keep the planet's economic bubble from bursting. Uh, Everybody thinks that we're all stable and everything's going to be fine and everything's hunky-dory and all that stuff. But the reality is uh, the financial situation in America and in the world is not as good as you think it is. Uh, there is, you know, where you know, I appreciate President Trump. Yeah, I really do. I'm glad he's in there and not Hillary or anybody else. But I know the, the, the situation with uh, unemployment. I know all these statistics and everything else. But the reality is the national debt's still going up. Nobody wants to address the national debt. You cannot continue to borrow money, borrow money, and borrow money and think that you're going to be okay. And all it is is falsely propping up the financial condition that we have as a nation and certainly a financial condition that is in the world. The United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs Economic Analysis, well, that's a mouthful, said this, and here's a good quote. I think you'll be able to see it on the screen. I think I put it up there. The global economy is facing a confluence of risks which would severely disrupt economic activity and inflict significant damage on long-term development prospects. These risks include an escalation of trade disputes, an abrupt tightening of global financial conditions, and an intensifying of climate risks. So what are they saying? They're just saying things are not as stable as everybody thinks they are. And they're not as secure as you think they ought to be. And Jesus said that, wait a minute, prior to his coming again, there would not only be problems of distress of the earth itself physically, but there would be problem among the nations, distress among the nations financially that are uh, falling apart in reality behind the scenes. I'm going to preach a message entitled, Babylon is Fallen. Babylon is Fallen. So it's going to be a good one. I'm ready for it. Amen. <laughs> Everybody thinks everything's okay financially and everything's wonderful and we're conducting business. Babylon has fallen. And you say, well, how do you know that? Because the Bible says it. That's how I know that. And so Bible prophecy. We have earthly, earth groaning. We have financial insecurity. We have medical maladies uh, that we have to deal with. In Galatians chapter 5, Uh, Paul gives us a whole list of what the works of the flesh are, but what I want to focus on is right in the middle of that list uh, concerning drugs and the use of drugs. In Galatians chapter 5, in uh, verse 20, he goes, well, in verse 19, he talks about the works of the flesh are manifest, and he starts listing them, and in verse 20, he says, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. That word witchcraft in verse 20 is the Greek word pharmakio, where we get our word pharmacy from. And so what is he saying? He said the works of the flesh are literally this matter of drug-induced responses, drug-induced 
response to worship. And there's so much that goes on in the scriptures in reference to drug-induced worship. Uh, drugs uh, just manifesting itself and put on people constantly. You know, it's amazing to me. Every time you go to the doctor, they want to give you more drugs. I understand you need drugs, and if you need drugs, then to help you with a sickness or disease, hallelujah, they're there, and they're there to help you. But I'm going to tell you, you need to be on guard. Uh, every time I go to the doctor, uh, what medications are on? Oh, I'm not on any. Well, i got to take one. I just take one little pill. That's all I take. And they're like, at your age, you should be taking five or six different medications. That's what they said. I told them to get out of here. They probably want to give me mental medicine, you know. <laughs> I told them, I said, I'm not taking any of your medicine. If I don't have to take it, I'm not taking it. And, uh, but the, the Bible describes the drug abuse in the end times. And so he talks about this matter of witchcraft, which is pharmakia. The, the, the word pharmakia is used three times in the Bible. The second place that it's used is in Revelation chapter 9. In Revelation chapter 9 and verse 21 says, Neither repented they of their murders, neither, I'm sorry, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. The word sorcery is pharmakia. He said, so they wouldn't repent. They wouldn't repent of their drug abuse, uh, their drug-induced uh, um, movement in their life, and literally Bible speaks in reference to the drug-induced type of worship. Then the third place that it's used is in Revelation chapter 18 in verse 23. It says, In the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorceries were all nations deceived. Now the Antichrist will use all kinds of manipulation of people, and one of those means will be drugs. If people, listen, if somebody can get you on drugs, if a dealer can get you on drugs, he can manage your life and make you live and, and do everything for him. And I'm going to tell you, there is false worship and false gods that are being worshipped in reference to uh, being manipulated by drug use. And may I just say this, not even drug, just the physical drugs, but in other means, whether it be sound, whether it be a, a, a lighting or whatever it may be, you can be manipulated by those things. My brother was talking, the fellow that was uh, in his church that got saved years ago, and he used to work for a rock and roll band, and they did all their concerts and everything else, but to show you just how much manipulation takes place, he said, when we were doing a concert, he said, if the people were not responding how we expected them to respond, he said, we would just turn the bass up. And we would adjust the treble and we would adjust the bass and we could get those people in that concert hall to respond when and how we wanted them to respond by simply adjusting the music. Now, now I've had Christians argue with me, that's not true. I didn't say that. I'm talking to somebody that is a professional in the realm of music. What am I saying? There is a drug of, of uh, 
manipulation that comes upon us through multiple means, and the devil is going to use the Antichrist to use all those things to be able to control the masses so that he can establish a one-world church and a one-world government. So drugs are being abused. The Bible describes a massive drug use in the end times. Today, the United States faces a drug abuse crisis of unprecedented proportions. Remember when Ronald Reagan was president, came out with that big thing on war on drugs. Everybody, all the different presidents, we're going to have a war on drugs. Uh, listen, the war on drugs, I don't know where it's at, but it sure has gotten done, had not accomplished very much. Because drugs are worse and worse and worse. And right now, we just are leaving our borders open so people can come across with all the drugs they want. According to the CDC, more than 70,000 Americans now die every year of opioid overdoses. That's sad. 70,000 people in America die because of opioid if that is true, and I believe it's true, I have no reason to doubt it, then why are doctors prescribing this to people to take? I, I don't understand it, other than it's a manipulation of the devil and the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist that is in this world, to oppress and overcome a society of people. And this is not just in America, but it's worldwide. You know, when we think about drugs and we think about our, our med medical maladies, uh, right now we are uh, facing a pulmonary disease that's running out of control because of e-cigarettes. You know, so oh, don't smoke cigarettes because you don't want to put smoke in your lungs. So here, we'll give you this and you can smoke this. You're still getting the nicotine. You still have vapor and everything else going in your lungs. And now uh, people cannot uh, uh, breathe because of the damage that's coming to them. And kids are buying these things and smoking these things. And uh, everybody acts like it's okay. It's not okay. We've had outbreaks of measles. Good night. I had never known no time in my life where measles were just so breaking out. We have an outbreak, they say, in America of hepatitis right now. Uh, I'm just saying this, that the scriptures show that during the time prior to the return of Christ, not will there only be problems on the earth itself, and financial insecurity in the world between the nations, but there will be medical problems that will get more and more out of control. I've been, I heard over the summer here, uh, different people getting flesh-eating disease by swimming in a lake, somebody getting bit by a mosquito and getting some disease. I mean, it's, it's amazing what is going on. I can guarantee you this, when I was growing up, you didn't have any of that stuff. I remember we used to go out in the meadow all the time. We used to go out hunting all the time. We walked over the place. You never found a tick on you. Never. But I'll tell you one thing right now. You go out in the woods now, you better be ready for them. They have their army sitting on the side of the path. <laughs> ready to pounce on the innocent victim when it comes by. You say, well, what shall we do about it? Lift up your head. 
Look up. Why? Because your redemption draweth nigh. Notice there's also, it speaks in here about national distress. National distress. In Matthew chapter 24 and verse 7 says, For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And so, yes, the closer the return of Christ, the greater uh, uh, advances between one nation and another. There will be wars and rumors of wars. And you're not going to escape that. In reference to Russia, alliance of nations predicted in Ezekiel 38 and 39. I'm going to be preaching on Ezekiel 38 and 39 coming up. But alliance of nations predicted in Ezekiel 38 and 39, Russia will lead the coalition. Today, Russia's military budget is much smaller than that of China and the United States, but it's making up for the lack of money with use of creativity and daring. They have been able to breach computer systems of nations around the world. In just a few days, uh, in just the last few days, we learned a past Russia success in breaching communication within our own FBI and CIA. You say, well, why is that significant? It's not so significant that they're actually doing it, but significant because of Bible prophecy. Because the Bible says that Russia will be ahead of this coalition. The other one is Iran. Boy, Iran's in the news. And uh, uh, I have a picture you can put up there. Iran's the other uh, led uh, nation in Ezekiel 38 coalition is Iran. The nation denies uh, any involvement in the recent drone strike against the Saudi Arabia oil facilities. But the Houthi uh, rebels of, in Yemen are fully funded and directed by their fellow Shiite Muslims in Iran. U.S. officials have privately told reporters at Fox News and also ABC News that the attack was not even launched from Yemen, but from Iran. Uh, you know, we know that, uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I think uh, President Trump, yeah, there it is. The president has just approved the deployment of U.S. forces, uh, which will be a defensive in nature and primary focused on air and missile defense. Uh, to be deployed to Iran, I mean, not Iran, Saudi Arabia. Uh, now, do you understand that whole area is the stage of Bible prophecy? Saudi Arabia, Syria, Libya, Israel, uh, Iran, all of them, that's the stage. That's the center focus point where everything is going to take place in Bible prophecy. And so here we are, we are directly involved in uh, what's going to be setting up and taking place. And so there's not only nations that are against nations, but there's nations that are in turmoil. And uh, European Union or China, different uh, quests for world supremacy in an age of super weapons, small nations such as North Korea have uh, also proven to be dangerous to everyone. This, all this is perfectly in line with Bible prophecy. The sad thing is we just want to, it seems like Christians want to ignore it. I understand the world wanting to ignore it. I understand the world may be disinterested in it. But you understand as a Christian, this is a vital part of what we believe and what is promised in the scripture taking place. 
And it all, it all to stir us up and get us excited. Not only nations in turmoil, but terror on the streets. I found this quote. It said, terrorists around the world are at this moment plotting death and destruction. They didn't stop. Um, I thought about crowds in America here like Antifa. You know, every one of these people in Antifa ought to be thrown in jail. Amen. And the key ought to be thrown away. It's ridiculous. Somebody comes to pre, uh, speak on a college campus and Antifa shows up. And all it is is a, an excuse, as far as I'm concerned, all it is is an excuse to vandalize and steal and rob and maim and hurt people. That's all it is. They are out of control. They are, they are not promoting uh, things that are positive and things that are good for our nation. All they are are demanding that everybody think like them and respond like them. And if you don't believe the way they do and you don't say what they say, then they're going to shut you down and they're going to hurt you. They ought to be locked up. Every mayor, every leader in America ought to tell their police forces that when they show up on the street, you lock them up. Now, I know that's not going to get me very many amens, but I can tell you this. That's the way I feel about it. And I'm not embarrassed and I'm not ashamed of it, the position I take. We don't allow that type. We don't, do not allow and tolerate anarchy in our country. You say, well, it's happening. Well, then the only way I can justify it or, or identify with it is the reality is Jesus said this is what it's going to be like before I come again. So look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Well, there's personal distress in verse 26, it says, Men's hearts failing them for fear and, and, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And so there was a, there's personal fear uh, that takes place because of all that is going on, a personal distress. In Matthew 24, in uh, verse 10 and 11, uh, Jesus continues in that portion to tell us, and then shall many be offended. I thought about that. Why is everybody offended over everything? Everybody's offended about everything. There you go. Then shall many be offended. And shall betray one another. And shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise. And shall deceive many. I thought about this. And I thought about social engineering. Our world we live in is about social engineering, making our society and our country and our nation to be something that it's not. It's social engineering. Class fighting between one, you know, the, the politicians pit one class against another. If you're rich, you know, you're no good. If you're poor, you're no good. If you're middle class, you're no good. Nobody's any good anymore. Class clashes all the time. Uh, gender, uh, you know, fighting and hatred and division over what gender. I read a thing article the other day. Some woman, it's a famous woman. I don't know who it was, but anyway, that said this. She was upset because her six-year-old son went to school wearing a dress, and the other kids laughed at him. There's only two genders. It's male and female. There's nothing in between, nothing added on but the ends. It's male and female. And what gender you are is what you were born. Racial. 
Everything, everything nowadays is racial. Let me tell you, I grew up and went through the race riots of the 60s. And I'm going to tell you, you want to keep throwing the race card around? Get ready for some anarchy. God has created us in his image. God is no respecter of persons. God does not put one emphasis on one race over another race, but rather we are all to come to faith in Jesus Christ, and we are all brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't care what your race is, and I don't care what the politician says. We don't tolerate that stuff. I know my, our school, I had a, a grandparent one year trying to call me a racist and this, that, and the other, and I told lady, you're barking up the wrong tree because I'm not intimidated by being called a racist. I'm not a racist, and we do everything we can for every child. And uh, I said, I'm not going to tolerate that around here. I know what racism is. I know what it comes, racism comes from every race there is. It's not from one race. It's from every race. So stop acting like a racist and start loving people and start living together as God so designed it for us to live together. Religious. You know, it's amazing how aggressive people are getting against religion. Uh, in Dearborn, Michigan, they were going to open up this uh, restaurant or eatery place. I forget what it was called. Because somewhere in the background, somebody in the chain of directing this uh, company to come to America was connected with Israel. And so they're up in arms and they don't want the thing to be open. Chick-fil-A opens up in Toronto and it's met with protests and all kinds of bitter, hateful language and everything else being spewed out against them because the, the founder, the owner, the CEO of Chick-fil-A is a Christian. All other divisions threaten peace between nations and within nations. Social engineering. The powers that be have made up their mind they want a certain type of world so they can regulate and manipulate and run it. So they can take everybody's money. And I'm telling you right now, that is guided by the Antichrist that is going to be establishing a world government. And if you don't take the mark of the beast, you're already seeing it. If you don't agree, you're out. Christian, you say, what do I do about it? I'll tell you what you do. You don't follow along with the social engineering and you take a stand for Christ, no matter what it means. If it means losing your job, then you lose your job. If it means having to face conflict and controversy, then you face the conflict and the controversy. Social engineering. Spiritual dysfunction. I need to hurry up here. I'm running out of time. Spiritual dysfunction. Uh, Barna Group did, had this quote just over two years ago. The Barna Group polled Americans about the end times. They found that 41% agreed with the sentence the world is currently living in the end times as described by prophecy in the Bible. Well, that sounds like a great quote. That sounds like a great response. 41% are in agreement with that. My question is, is why aren't we living like we believe it? We sang songs about Jesus coming again, and do you believe that? Then why aren't you living like that? 
problem is we have developed, a, spiritually speaking, temporary attention. In other words, we focus on what's here and now more so than what's in heaven. I came across this quote in reference to this, distress and problems. And many churches seem more interested in helping people lose weight, be entertained, or to feel good about themselves than to know God through Jesus Christ, be saved and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Churches in America have lost the focus of the reality of what the church is. We are not a place to have a gym workout. We, we, we are not a place that we provide entertainment. We, we are not a place that we are here to meet all kinds of social needs in people's lives. We are here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And because we've lost a sense of the reality of what the church is, this is what the church has become. I have a picture for you. That's what it's become. It's become a dark place. It's become an entertainment place. You realize what back in the 70s, before I got saved and I would go to rock concerts, I didn't go very many concerts. A couple of them I went to, but I couldn't stand the noise and everything else. I was I ain't staying around this place. These people are nuts. And the amount of money they wanted me to pay to go in there for them to bang my ears off. I, that, I went to, I think, two of them. That was it. But you look at that. That's what they used to be. That's what the rock concerts were. Now you go to church, and that's what church is. I know a lot of people who go to churches like that. That's what the church has become. But what was the church before? What the church was before was this, people on their face before God. People crying out to God for revival. People praying for people to be saved. People praying that God will strengthen them and enable them to walk with the living God. I'm just saying the focus and the difference and what the church was and what it has become is drastically manipulated and guided and directed by the world standards. Well, look over in 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be done. I've got a few verses to read there. Jesus Christ is coming again. You say, how do I know? I'm going to tell you right now. Just by everything that I just talked about, I know he's coming again. Jesus Christ returns. He returns suddenly in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5. But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, peace and safety. Everybody's saying everything's okay. It's not okay. Amen. The economy's not okay. America's not okay. America's sick. The world is sick. Everything's okay. It's not okay, Christian. When they shall say, peace and safety, and then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. It's going to come suddenly. He's going to return purposefully in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22. 
Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had people say, well, God doesn't care what you do in your body because he's concerned about your heart. Oh, really? Sanctify you wholly, I pray, your whole spirit and soul and body. He comes with a purpose. Then over in 2 Peter, this is the last verse. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 2, I mean, verse 10. He comes righteously. He comes suddenly, purposefully, and righteously. 2 Peter chapter 3 in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then in all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that ye be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. There is a correct response to Bible prophecy. And the response is not just acknowledging all this stuff that's going on in the world. The right response is, hey, if he's coming righteously, I need to be righteous. If he's coming with a purpose, then I need to know what is the purpose of God in my life. If he's coming suddenly, then I need to be ready right now. If the trumpet of God should sound right now, we're caught up and we're raptured out of this earth, what would you have to make an account for before God? You need to get it right, right now. Bible prophecy, your redemption draweth nigh. All these things does not instill fear in the Christian. All these things give us hope and excitement because it is coming to an end and we're going to be in the presence of God. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning. I pray that you would move in our hearts, that we would respond to the praise and the glory of our God. We would be willing to acknowledge the needs of the lost, that they need to be saved. That's, that's what they need. They don't need anything else. They just need to be saved. God will take care of everything else in their life. Help us to share the good news, Lord. Bless us. I pray if there's someone here this morning who's not saved, Today is the day of salvation. Oh, God, I pray that no, no one would walk out of this building lost this morning. I pray they would come and receive Christ as their Savior. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's